Well, good day, sunshines. It's Julie, and I'm here with another episode of You're in Charge. And this was supposed to be recorded a few days ago, another O-Dark 30 episode, and I'm kind of regretting that I didn't record it at O-Dark 30 because there's something about being woken up in the wee hours. There's a clarity that I have at that time because that's all that's in my brain. And at that time I had to weigh out, do I want to go back to sleep and make it to my appointment on time that I had a few hours later? Or should I record this and then fight the sleep and be a wreck? And I think I'm regretting it, but I chose to go back to sleep. And, um, the clarity hasn't been there, but but it keeps surfacing and keeps coming back. So this episode is kind of a look, um, no, it is a look at the difference between conditional love and unconditional love and how that shows up in our space and what, wow, it's so infrequent that people love unconditionally because there's this perception that if you love unconditionally, you accept other people's bullshit. And that is actually a form of conditional love, not unconditional. I've spoken of it before and I think I need to clarify it a little bit, but um, I use the phrasing... Uh, hangover. And I don't mean it like the alcohol induced hangover, you know, you've ingested too much of some substance because we can have hangovers from caffeine or sugar, alcohol, recreational drugs, whatever. I think we all have some idea of what a hangover feels like. And it's basically just regret I overdid that. And unconditional love will not result in that hangover feeling, that emotional hangover, that regrettability, the um, maybe a shame spiral or a um, anxiousness or depression. And I don't mean depression in like the ultimate depression, but like just feeling really low about ourselves and um, taking ourselves down for a decision that we made prior to this that resulted in this consequence in this situation. So when, when you know that you are in a conditional love situation, the hangover will occur. If it's unconditional love, that means that not only are you loving the other person, but you are also loving yourself. So an example that I have of a loving somebody that seems like it's unconditional, but it's not, would be the the classic uh, mistress loving the man that she loves even though he's not leaving his wife 
and maybe she gets stood up at the hotel where they were going to meet or something. And she says, it's okay. I still love him. He loves me too, whatever. But there she is sitting alone and feeling hurt. That's a horrible way to feel about yourself. And while she may be coming from a pure place and loving him, and maybe not, because obviously if the wife found out or the spouse or whomever, you know, whatever your situation, um, they wouldn't feel good about it and it would be regrettable. So there's your hangover type of situation in multiple angles. And that's an obvious situation, but it's not necessarily obvious to all people because why would you get into an extracurricular love life, if you will, if it, if you actually thought that it was a crappy thing to do? So if you, if it, you're doing it and you think it's a crappy thing to do, then wow, that's the ultimate in self-loathing and you just really dislike yourself. Um, but if you're doing these things and the intent is out of love, oh, he loves me, I love him, um, it's, it's not that bad, but yet you feel bad after the fact, then that's a conditional love. Unconditional love may actually result in a different kind of hurt if if it's unpracticed, I should say. Because ultimately, unconditional love will not hurt anybody. But when, when we're first transitioning to this, space because it's not one that we're used to. It's so rare that it feels scary and uncomfortable at first because we, it means surrendering to our fears. Um, and I, and I don't mean like allowing the fears to win. I mean, it's overcoming those fears and stepping into a new way of being, thinking, feeling, acting, responding. And that can feel really, really uncomfortable. But we think that uh, the, there's a really difficult tripping point about unconditional love. And it's one that typically comes from um, parent to child or child to parent, vice versa. There's an understanding and awareness that children aren't fully developed. So they're going to say, I hate you. You know, they're going to act out in some way, shape or form many, many times over in the raising of that child. And yet the parent typically is deemed to love their child unconditionally. And that's the the stance that 
that's taken, that, that's expressed. We love them unconditionally. But more often than not, that's just the wording. But then there is conditions to that love that develop. And your conditions will, could vary, um, will vary from family to family. Even from sibling to sibling, if you, you know, your, your love from your parents might have been only given to you if you performed in this certain way where a um, younger sibling or a opposite sex sibling would have different circumstances to which their love was given to them. But so many people say, oh, well, it's my child. And of course I love them. And it gets really confusing because loving somebody, truly loving them, truly unconditionally, it doesn't hurt. And Yet we experience hurt in all relationships. There is not one relationship that anybody will experience where one or both people within that relationship will not be hurt. It's just fact. It's human experience. All humans are fallible. They will make mistakes. It's not if, it's when. It's not just when, it's how often, how frequent, because we continue to do the same thing over and over until we learn the lesson. We learn what it has to teach us. So we get involved in relationships. Some we're born into, like our families. Others we develop geographically, like our elementary you know, preschool, elementary school friends, because they go to the same school, because they live in the same town or city, city area, whatever. Those are the geographic friends. And then later on in life, we develop more friends based on our commonality. Uh, Maybe you go to college and you pick the same colleges because you, because you had the same interest, be it business or art or, um, you know, medicine of some sort. There was something that drew you to that school. So you have more in common and then you can size it up a little bit. We'll get closer in, hone in on it, on what you like and, and have closer friendships as a result, and hopefully love relationships as well. But that isn't always the case. Even though we have things in common, we'll draw somebody in because of what's happening inside of ourselves. Because maybe there's something, our, um, our problems magnetize to one another. How our beliefs, I should say. And 
if we believe we are unlovable, we are going to attract those people, those relationships that reflect back to us that we are unlovable. And it might not even be the truth. You might not even be seeing this as unlovable. It's because it starts off that, oh my God, this person is so loving. Whether they are a friend who's, you know, you've, you've just got, I'm picturing little girls with friendship bracelets and, and making those bracelets and, and, or the little necklaces, um, where the heart is broken in a couple of pieces and they have one half and you have the other, like such a middle school, even high school type of way to say, oh yeah, you know, you're my person and you're my friend and we go through all this stuff together. But, but what happens when that friend starts to have other friends, develop different interests, um, goes off to college, maybe you were a year apart and one of you goes off to college and the other one is back at high school you make new friendships, you don't have it, you don't spend as much time together. There's different things that pull you apart. And then we start to make up like, oh, that person doesn't really love me. And I'm, and I'm obviously mean that not in the romantic sense of love. And, um, I'll circle back around to another episode that I'd had. Uh, I think that was in the first season where I talk about the different types of love and, you, it's easy enough to Google, but there's so many different types of love. It's like Eskimos with their with their words of for snow. There's different types. How we feel towards our pets is different than how we feel towards our spouse or our coworkers or our neighbors or um, you know children. All of that. It's all different love, but it's at the core. It's all the same. So unconditional love requires boundaries and we confuse boundaries with walls because again, this is not well practiced in our world. Boundaries is the first and foremost line of defense or love line, if you will, into unconditional love and loving yourself and them. Because it doesn't say this is unconditional love if you have to martyr yourself, if you are sacrificing your own well-being in order for them to feel loved. That will result in emotional depletion, physical depletion, and and can ultimately result in physical dis-ease. It it can start to show up um, with headaches, um, grinding your teeth. Um, It can, if it's been going on long enough, it can start to result in real disease, um, cancers and thyroid conditions and all of that. 
we do develop environmental disease, but there's also the emotional and spiritual disease that can create those same issues. When you do everything for everybody and yet you don't do for yourself, you don't say, you know what, I'm tired, I need a nap, or I haven't been experiencing my own hobbies, my own joy um, in a long time. Those things need to be taken care of. It's part of our mental health. And while we talk about mental health in terms of the decomposition of mental health and the results of what happens when people are not mentally healthy, we don't talk about how to increase our mental health. And when we do, it's not in the, in the container of this is for your mental well-being. It's actually more deemed as frivolous or um, airy-fairy or child's play or, I mean, all these other demeaning, demoralizing types of labels but those are the very things that keep us healthy, keep us happy, keep us tapped into joy and to love and make us more peaceful and more balanced and make the hard times easier. So unconditional love is like the, the yellow line in the middle of the road. It's there but you can cross over it. There's, there's nothing that says that you're going to hit a wall, that you're going to blow up, that, that you're going to have some massive undertaking, physical undertaking happen. If you cross over that yellow line, yeah. If you cross over that yellow line and there's oncoming traffic, yeah, you can bet your bottom dollar there's going to be a physical undertaking. But It's there to keep us in line. And it also shows other people that this is my space. This is where I am. This is where you are. And we can be going in opposite directions at the same time, at the same speed or a higher rate of speed and still stay safe. You do you. I do me. We're all good. That's kind of what unconditional love is. It's not saying, well, you have to do it my way. You have to be in my lane. You have to be traveling in my direction. You have to be going the speed that I, that I go and, and traveling in the vehicle that I travel in. If those types of things are being said metaphorically, obviously, and Maybe literally, if those things are being said, those are conditions to which you are loving or being loved by somebody else. That's why I say the yellow line is just there to hold the space. It's just there to say, here's your boundary and do with it as you please. You can cross over that line. They can cross over that line. But it's there for your own reminder. It's there for you 
to stay safe. And we all need that safety. We need it for ourselves. They need it. And if, it, if we're talking parent to child, children need to know their boundaries. They, they need those boundaries. They need to know what's acceptable. They need to know where they're safe. If you don't have those boundaries, then they go everywhere and it's all chaos all the time. But with those boundaries, then they feel a sense of safety. Too many of those boundaries, and then there's a sense of confusion and frustration, and then you end up in a different type of chaos. But ultimately, it's the same result as no boundaries. So that yellow line is what I want to leave you with and thinking about. Where are your emotional hangovers coming from? How often are they showing up? Because they're there to show you a different way to love. It's not that conditional love is inherently bad. It's what we were taught It's what we've been working with. And unconditional love is is loving somebody even though they're being a jerk. It says, yeah, they're being a jerk and I don't need to be around that. I don't need to submit to that. I don't need to cater to it. I don't need to go fix that. I don't need to tell them that they're being a jerk. I just need to see how they're behaving and then keep myself safe. Where's my yellow line? And I'm thinking of my daughter. um, When she was young and nap age, she, if she got overly tired, she'd start to have fits and tantrums. And sometimes if it got really bad, she might lash out and start throwing things or whatever. And so instead of punishing her for her being overly tired, I put her in her room to take the nap. And I'd say you have to stay in your room. That's it. Not in the bed, but just in the room. And that's kind of the white, the, the yellow paint that I'm talking about. It's what you need right now is self-care. You are too young to understand what that means. But you need a nap, little girl. And... If I put her in her bed, she would fight that because, no, I want to do it my way. And I'm not saying that adults are are tantruming children, but there are a lot of adults that are tantruming children because they never got those boundaries when they were kids. They never got that safe exploration. But what would happen when I'd put her in there is she'd 
fight it at first. And then there'd be something in that space because that was her room and she had things in there that were enjoyable to her, whether it was stuffed animals and blankets in the bed or toys or just the drawers with clothes and diapers and all that stuff in it. Then she could explore that space. And while it was frustrating, she might throw things around and whatnot, it would distract her from her own tiredness. And not just the, from the tiredness, but from where her mind was taking her. And it would take her into this place of needing to control her environment, her circumstances, and have it her way. And by putting her in a safe environment, a loving environment, she could explore it at her own rate and then distract herself from her own circumstances and then allow her emotions to calm down enough for her body to kick in and go, oh yeah, we're tired. And sometimes I would find her curled up in the bed, you know, maybe 10 minutes after I'd put her in there. Other times I'd find her splayed out on the floor with surrounded by diapers and clothes and everything that she just hauled out of her drawers. And then she just collapsed. But either way, she got the rest that she needed. And what the unconditional love toward yourself is, is recognizing your own symptoms to when you're not loving yourself. Sometimes it'll, if it starts to be those temper tantrums, oh, I was having a good one yesterday. An adult, you guys, I know you're going to recognize this one. I live in literally one of the only cell holes in Massachusetts, meaning the cell towers just don't reach my area of, um, of residence. It's not all the time, but I mean, in the summertime, I can almost hands down expect that I will have crappy cell service because there are so many people in my area that the bandwidth can't cover it. But now it's November and December and there's no bandwidth issue, but I have literally dropped three business calls. I like horrified that this was happening because my, the call drops and I can hear them, but they can't hear me. And then I, I won't even move. If I've got good reception, I won't move. But then suddenly, boom, it drops. My voice goes to robot form and they like, hello, hello, hello. And oh my God, you want to talk about a woman losing it? Uh, when your profession is at stake and your professionalism is, is being thwarted and it's embarrassing and you're completely powerless, that is the adult equivalent to my child throwing the diapers out of her diaper rack and, you know, needing her safe space. I found myself 
I get better reception on my phone in the middle of the woods, in the middle of the state park, than I do at my actual home. Horrible. All right, I'm correcting the situation. I'm getting the cell tower booster, the whole nine yards. I've gone all to to every nook and cranny of tech support and getting a new router and updating everything possible to try and figure out where this problem is coming from. Ultimately, I just live in a cell hole. So, whew, there I was <laughs> screaming. <laughs> the third, possibly the fourth call was was dropped again last night and I am in my pajamas grabbing my keys to drive down the road to finish this business call. And just, wow, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm still kind of in it, as you can tell. But what is it? Unconditionally loving with that is, is it helping anything for me to freak out? No. Is it totally warranted? Yeah, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But we've all been there. And I'm doing what I need to to support myself. I'm doing what I can. I've, it doesn't help to switch carriers because they're all on the same cell towers. And yes, I've done that one in the past as well. So unconditional love is knowing that things are not going to be perfect knowing that we're going to be dealing with jerky situations and jerky people and it's okay for them to be who they are and for you to be who you are too and not have to take care of whatever it is that they're doing especially if they are an adult i don't care if they are your if they are your adult child or adult parent like because i'm dealing with a lot of um, people who are taking care of their ailing parents. This stuff circles back around, and as the life span gets toward the end, the behavior can often appear similarly to when it was the beginning of the lifespan. So, I guess where I'm at with this particular topic is find your yellow paint, carry your paint bucket around. Obviously, maybe imaginarily, maybe, maybe literally, I don't know. Maybe you've got yellow paint at at the ready. (laughs) I don't know how that, that would show up for you, but what does your lane look like? And don't worry about if you cross over the lane, Unless things are blowing up, unless you're ending up in head-on collisions of the physical, emotional, mental, look what's happening and look to see where you can draw your boundaries. Unconditional love is, God, it's really freeing. It's really amazing. It's... If you have somebody who loves you, that that 
you could do no wrong even when you were doing wrong. And I don't mean that like, like they were pumping you up to be something that you're not thinking of like a grandmother to a grandchild, you know, I think the grandparents are, are really good at loving their grandchildren unconditionally first off, because they're not dealing with their, their really unfavorable behavior on, on the regular, but that doesn't mean that they can't see you for who you are. It doesn't mean that they can't see your dark and your light, but they understand because of their life experience this isn't you forever. And we're all meant to make mistakes. So grandparents are good at seeing those mistakes and going, okay, here, let me remind you where your yellow line is. Let me remind you where your boundaries are and not necessarily shove them in your face. Like, oh, you did this wrong. You did that wrong. Unconditional love is just that. It's I love you even if you're making mistakes, knowing that you're going to make mistakes. And then holding the container that is love to say, I'm ready and waiting for you when you want to step back in, when you want to size this up and come back at it differently, maybe the same. You might try at it the same way many, many times before going, uh, wow, I'm really just beating my head against the wall. But unconditional love is the ultimate gift. And whether you get it from a family member or a friend or a coworker or a love, a love relationship, Wherever you get it from, cherish it and guide by its light. Yeah, that was something else too. Light and dark. We're so afraid of the dark, but all it is is the light just turned off. Einstein even covered it and said, there is no such thing as darkness. It's just the absence of light. Scientifically, that's it. You go into your bedroom at night and you shut the light off. Nothing's changed in the room except the light got shut off. You can still make your way around the room because you can visualize it in your brain even if you can't see everything. And A lot of times there's ambient light. But we are both light and dark at all times. So understand that the dark is just the absence of light. Understand that for yourself. So you have compassion and empathy for yourself because that is unconditional love when we can access empathy and compassion. And that's what we need more of in this world but we're not going to get it from somebody else. We can't force feed them to force unconditional love. It doesn't work that way. It only comes from inside yourself first. 
And while we believe that we have it for other people, if we don't have it for ourselves, we don't have it for other people. And the way you understand that is that hangover. There's an African proverb that says, don't take clothes from a naked man or something to that effect. That it, It's saying that they don't have it to give, so you can't take it from them. If you don't have unconditional love for yourself, you don't have it to give because you don't have that map, that internal guidance system to know where it is. You can have it and stumble through it and around it and trip into it and go, wait, I know I had that at one point and just unconsciously have unconditional love. And there are four steps. There's unconscious incompetence where you, you don't know what you don't know. Then there's conscious incompetence where you're aware you don't know. Then there is unconscious competence where you don't know how you just did the really good thing. And then there is conscious competence. And with everything in our life, we're always going through those four, four spaces. So this emotional stuff and the loving stuff, this isn't well-versed in our world. It hasn't been given the credence that it really has. It's, it's the most powerful place to be. It is the ultimate in drive and ambition and the thing that makes life go. And yet we don't know about it. So many of us are in step one of you don't know what you don't know. And then we flash between steps two and three occasionally. It's okay. Have that compassion. The generations before us didn't know how to do this. So we're all still learning too. But find your boundaries. Look at your head-on collisions. And just try to do better for yourself. Find that safe space. And love yourself. You deserve it. You really do. We all do. Not because you did something to deserve it. That would be conditional love. Just because you are. Just because you exist. And that might be a really hard concept for a lot of people. I know I've struggled with it too. Still do. But until next time, I hope you carry around your bucket of yellow paint and Imagine where you're going to be crossing those lines and holding them for yourself. Till next time, you're in charge.